This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, here we come skidding along. Slip to... <laughs> sliding away. Yes, Paul Simon. Yes, indeed. That's our theme song uh, today. You got that one, Charlie. Man, <laughs> uh, to all those out there listening in, you had not a Stay bad trip home. in. But <laughs> advice coming from everybody is if you don't have to drive, don't. Yeah, stay home. Uh, and I, I, I was in the station early, about quarter after seven, and uh, <laughs> man, the, the the well, the trek. I stayed at my son's last yes, uh, last night down a in kilometer Queens away. Key. Good yeah, idea. Well, Two point nine. Oh, okay. there you go. <laughs> and, but the roads weren't clear. They no, not yet. So you know, it, it was pretty tough sledding, plowing the snow. Yes, yes. So anyway, take it easy, guys. Okay. Yeah, and I hope everybody is at home, just having a cup of coffee yep. or a cup of tea. Yep. <clears throat> no need to go out. Forget the shopping, stay home, do your baking, water your Christmas yeah. tree. Oh, Shirley's been involved baking cookies. Oh, oh my it's baking Lord. season. Yes, it's baking season. day probably for a few people. So, <laughs> yeah, lots going on. And around I'll tell it. you before the show ends about the amaryllis. Yes, I and, want an update. Okay, I'm going to give you I, one. I think I told you that, you know, the. I gave amaryllis bulbs to all yep. those birthday people, those November birthday people. So well, I'll tell you. I've been getting daily photos from them. It's spectacular. Anyway, yep. okay, I better get the numbers on sure. the air here, okay? Uh, to reach Charlie Dobbin right here at Zoomer, uh, well, Zoomer Zoom. Plex this, the, the in Plex. the Liberty Village, you know. Here's the number for <laughs> Toronto uh, listeners, 416-360-0740. And then anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Please pardon my voice today. I've got this yeah. damn cold that's just hanging on, and I, I'm not alone, I know. Whole bunch of other folks out there too. Hot Our toddies. Little, yeah. I'll give you my hot toddy recipe. Oh, that should have one right now. Mm-hmm. Hey, <laughs> I mean, thought of might that. not last the show. <laughs> uh, okay, um, yeah. Our little mantra of the the morning, of course, is call early, call often. One question per call. And uh, if you're a first time caller, please let Sebastian know, and mm-hmm. we'll uh, give you this little. Welcome to the air. That's okay. right. Your garden wings. You got it. Or yeah. as the weather is kind of indicating, your snow shoveling wings, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so all that lovely snow, it's quite, until it warms up and mm-hmm. gets wet and they're talking about freezing rain later, but it's still fluffy and this is our third real snowfall. Yeah, yeah. And they've been, they started out as nice fluffy snowfalls. So just wanted to remind everybody, that snow is wonderful, wonderful insulation when you're shoveling, never hesitate to shovel onto your roses and any of your flowering shrubs, your deciduous mm-hmm. flowering shrubs. They are so happy for a big pile of snow on top of them, particularly when it's nice and light and fluffy like that. So, uh, you know, keep that in mind. I've got my roses piled high with snow 
because I still haven't managed to get out there with any soil. Typically, right. I will put a mound uh-huh. of soil over my grafted roses, and uh, I did buy the soil, and it sits in my garage, and it's now frozen solid. <laughs> yeah. So it's bags of topsoil in the dining room, um, <laughs> or or I'm just gonna hope that the snow lasts, and I'll you know work with it that way. I don't really want to bring the soil into the dining room. Well, yeah, there's a danger mm. there with your cat, the outdoor cat that is now uh, indoors. Yes. If, you know, he starts finding a little bed to, uh, you know, well, you never, yeah, Well, I do have two litter boxes. Oh, do you? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's and good. he's really, he's become my shadow now. He's, I, I <laughs> yeah. can't hardly step inside my house without Isn't him poised. Yeah, he's yeah. right, he's right at my Isn't ankles. And this, this was a feral cat. Yeah, he's still yeah. in some senses a feral cat. And yeah. He's pretty afraid of everybody else. But today, for the first time, I went upstairs to yeah. go up and brush my teeth. He followed me upstairs. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So that's the first time he's left the main floor. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's the first time I know of, yeah. anyway. Um, all right. So just a uh, quick few little bits to share with you. Sure. Uh, one thing I want to remind everybody is this coming Wednesday, December the 21st, is the winter solstice. Uh-huh. Okay. So it's our shortest day in the northern mm-hmm. hemisphere. And, of course, if we lived in the southern hemisphere, it would be the longest day. Uh, the December solstice marks the day with the fewest hours of daylight. North of the Arctic Circle, towards the North Pole, there is no direct sunlight at all during this time of the year. So 5.44 a.m., if you're up mm-hmm. that early on Wednesday, will be the actual solstice. And after that point, you can start to say... As of 5.45 yeah, a.m. Yeah, it's getting lighter later lately. <laughs> yes, getting yeah. lighter later, later lately. lately. Yeah. Well done. A little alliteration Thank there. you. Is that okay. what that's called? Yeah. Do you know, uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break mm-hmm. here, but we're going to come back and have a word with Barry, a first-time caller. Nice. Okay, so I'll get my bell-ringing arm in shape and return after these words on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All righty, let me uh, reach over here to get my bell, and uh, away we oh, go. Get that arm going. <laughs> Welcome. That's, that's for Barry in Toronto, first-time caller. Hi, Barry, good morning. Good morning, I enjoy your show very much. Thank you. I'm a first-time caller. I know. You've got garden wings now. Yes, I do, <laughs> and I hope that I take off with them. <laughs> Anyhow, I enjoy growing plants, mm-hmm. and I... In the winter, I, I seem to have no problems. There's one that I have a problem with, and I've never grown it before. Mm-hmm. I was eating a, a ordinary orange, and there was a seed that seemed extra large, like it's germinating. So I put it in a plant, uh-huh. and it started to grow. It's about six inches high. Nice. Uh, mm. The leaves are fairly big. Uh, it's turning. The leaves on the outside are turning a bit brown, and they're drooping a tiny bit. Mm. Two questions. How mm. do I take care of it? <clears throat> And second, what does it turn into? Uh, Well, it is an orange plant. It is growing from an orange seed. Will it be, uh, you know, a fruiting plant? Eh, Probably not. But if you can give it the right conditions, orange trees are a lovely tropical tree to have inside our homes. Now, the conditions are pretty specific. You need bright, bright, bright sunlight, preferably a southern-facing room with a window 
or western if you can't do southern, so something really bright and sunny. So it's actually facing the south, and it's in the windowsill. Okay, perfect. Then you want to make sure when it, that the soil it's potted into is well-drained, so it's a good quality potting mix. Uh, and when you water it, you're going to water it thoroughly so that it really gets saturated. Then you're going to let it completely drain away and dry down between waterings. So I've been what I, it's facing the south. Mm-hmm. And I gave it potting soil. I've taken good care of it. I gave it potting soil. Mm-hmm. I water it fairly thoroughly mm-hmm. once per week. Okay. So don't water on the calendar. Water on the feel of the soil. If the soil is still quite springy and moist, do not water. You know, after a week, wait another couple of days, keep feeling it. You want to still feel a little bit of a spring, but you don't want to feel a lot of moisture in that soil. So it's it's a really, you know... Water thoroughly, but let it really dry between waterings. Now, it's not like we would take, say, a cactus or a jade right to the, you know, desert conditions. You don't want to go that dry, but still you you do want to have it dry down quite thoroughly between waterings. Now, when it's six inches high, would it be normal for it to have, I mean, leaves that are almost four inches long? <laughs> Well, that surprises me. Uh, well, okay, so partly that's genetics. Uh, the plant is um, growing what it's got the genes to grow. Because, I mean, orange trees do become big trees, right? Yeah. The other reason probably you've got such large leaves is because the light levels inside our homes is always lower than it is outside, just by virtue of, you know, the kinds of windows we have. So plants respond by trying to maximize the photosynthesis. They maximize the surface area in which they can photosynthesize. So you'll get bigger leaves quite often than you would if that plant was outside. Charlie, what about using a grow light? Yeah, if you thought you needed it, but it sounds like okay. he's got a nice big right. sunny southern window. So and as we well, everything else is growing very well. Yeah. The radium plant, yeah. there's a palm tree growing well nice, that I've yeah. had for ten years. Yeah. So it seems to all the other plants like the area. Okay, so what I would do is, and as I pointed out, you know, days are going to start getting longer next week, and your orange tree is going to like that. All your plants are going to really respond to the longer days. So you do remember to turn the plant 180 degrees about every week, keeping it balanced. Okay. The other thing I would do is if you don't do any um, tip pruning on that plant, you're going to end up with this little straight tree. So it's up to you whether you want to grow it into like a single stem tree, you know, grow it up a foot or two high and then start pinching the top to cause some side branching. Or if you want to leave it, you know, start pinching the top now and create some side branching now. But either way, remember you are going to want to do a little bit of manipulation to the plant to shape it. Well, um, for instance, say there's one leaf that's particularly big. Mm-hmm. Would it hurt the plant if I trim that leaf off? It's a tip leaf, like one of the on the ends of the branches? It's near the bottom, and it seems to be probably, it's very wide and quite long. It's probably four and a half inches. Okay, look. inch plant. I would not, you know, I would never remove a green leaf uh, just because it looks funny. Uh, because know, it's brown on the outside, but. Uh, oh, uh, all around the edges, you mean? Yes. But is it green in the center still? Yes. Okay, wait till it turns completely yellow and then remove it. So it's an older leaf, right, at the bottom like that. That's the very first leaf probably that grew on the plant. So it's, you know, it, very normal that older leaves do pass away as new ones are growing. So, But, but try and leave it there until it okay. is, as long as it's still got some green in it, leave it there. And then, uh, I mean, unless you've got guests coming and you want to just clean it all up and make it look perfect. But, you know, what I'm saying, like, leave it as long as you can. Okay? And this... But uh, if you have an orange seed, I've never done this before. Mm-hmm. I just looked at the seed and it seemed to be 
bulky. But what percentage in that last, what percentage of seeds like that would actually uh, grow? Or just a fluke? Um, no, it's actually not that hard to grow apple trees from apple seeds, grapefruits, mm-hmm. lemons, limes, oranges. The, germinating the seed is not the hard part. The hard part is keeping it alive and growing it up as a good-looking ornamental plant and then taking it to maturity where it will flower and fruit. That's the tricky part. And that's 10 years from now. So you keep calling every six months if you need to, and we'll, we'll get you there. <laughs> that's great, Barry. Thanks, Thanks, thanks Barry. for joining us on this uh, yeah. snowy Saturday morning. Although the snow has let up, no, not coming down yeah. anymore. But um, Nice to talk about tropical plants yeah. on, a, on a snowy day. Well, and that's why I'm, I'm going to mention the fact that uh, we're late on calls this morning, mm-hmm. which is, you know, Completely understandable coming up to Christmas. People are so busy. Well, I do like to call and and brag about maybe one of your projects, (laughs) gardening, that has been maybe an unexpected success. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be talking somewhere. I was going to say, you got something to brag about. About my amaryllis. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, all of that coming up. Mm-hmm. In in moments here on Zuma Radio, and uh, let me repeat the phone numbers. In Toronto, call four one six three six zero zero seven forty. Anywhere else in the province, toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Okie dokie. All right. Ready. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, here with you at 926, saying good morning to uh, Mrs. Saga, uh, Barbara, online. First time caller, too. Just oh, a minute, welcome. Barbara. There we are. Hi. Good Hi. morning. Good morning. Um, uh, I love your show. Um, I, I listen to it every weekend that I can. And um, I, I've got a question about uh, Rose. Mm-hmm. I know I should have planted it in the ground, oh. but it's too late now. I got uh, probably about 20 roses after I brought it in because I put it in a bright window. Hmm. And what, what do I do with it now? What kind, is it a mini rose or a, or a full-size rose? Um, I got it at a garage sale, so oh. I don't know. But, but, the, but the rose the petals, the roses are actually quite small. Hmm. It's like, a, like an old-fashioned rose, really, hmm. the size of the rose. What color is it? The flowers. Um, white. Nice, pretty. Oh, nice. Huh. What can you do with it now? So. In... I've got it sitting in uh, a bright window. Okay. And some of the leaves are green, mm-hmm. but the other ones uh, seem to know it's fall mm-hmm. and they're falling off. So the green ones, I assume, are on the tips and the yellowish ones are more down at the bottom. Um, some, some of the bracts seem to be, uh, yeah, yeah. I guess you could say that, yeah. What I would um, do, leave it in that sunny window, uh-huh. pull way back on your watering. So okay. you're not, you've got to really kind of allow that plant to slow down and be very, yeah. very careful to not overwater it. Uh-huh. Um, okay. So like I said, just leave it in the sun. Uh, if you want to even pull it away from the sun, if you have a cool area that's you know, not deep and dark, like I wouldn't put it right into the dark or anything, but just okay. the, the cooler the temperature, the less water you give it, let it kind of slow down. It, it's not going to go truly dormant on you because it's inside the house and it, you can't put it out now. Right. But you do want to give it kind of a semi-dormancy just to okay. give it a bit of a rest. And okay. then come about February, mm-hmm. uh, 
you're going to find that it's going to want to grow just because it's going to start responding to the fact that the days are getting longer. And at that point, you're going to do some pruning on it. You're going to prune it back quite hard. You're going to put it right back into that sunny window. You're going to water more often. You're going to start fertilizing consistently. And you're going to grow it into a nice green bushy plant. As soon as we're frost-free outside, so whenever that is, May or June, it's outside in the garden into a nice bright sunny spot with good quality soil. Mm. And it will give you tons of pleasure uh, out there for the for the entire summer and then have a regular winter next year. It, it, it should have full sun when it's outside, Charlie? Yes. Minimum six hours of sun per day in order to have healthy, happy roses. Okay. Put them in less sun than that, they tend to get diseases and they don't flower as much and then people say, oh, I hate roses. You know, give them what they need and they will perform. Um, uh, some of the bracts that actually had uh, three or four blooms on, mm-hmm. they've just sort of... Um, you know, they just look like they sort of died. Should, yep. should I cut them back or just leave them? No, absolutely. If you see anything that looks dead at any time on a plant, uh-huh. trim it okay. back with nice sharp pruners or sharp scissors. Prune back okay. anything that's dead when you see it. Uh, there's oh, no lovely. point in leaving it on there. And if any leaves fall off to the surface of the soil in the pot, again, keep those clean. Keep the pot clean. Keep the okay. anything that's dropped uh, into the composter just so that you're not building up you know, dead plant material where, again, disease can har- can uh, get okay. growing. All right? I'm, I'm, I'm so lucky I have hibiscus mm-hmm. and asters and geraniums going inside the house now. Wow. wow. So lovely. That's great. It's like you've got a whole meadow inside. <laughs> That's super. <laughs> Good I, I for you. I've got 50 plants, but, but not, not very many flying ones. I've, yeah. I've got two hibiscus. They're beside each other in the window. One is flowering, and the other one, the leaves are droopy. It, should I take out the soil and put new, fresh soil in the one that, that's doing poorly? The, the droopy one, feel the soil or smell the soil. It's Right now is not the best time to do any transplanting okay. or, or you know, repotting. Yeah. If you can uh-huh. put that off till February or March, that would be better. But okay. recognize that when a hibiscus droops, it's, only, it's for one of two reasons. One is it's been overwatered. And it's showing the droop, or it's extremely dry and been underwatered and is showing the droop. But pretty they, easy to find out. Well, which they, yeah, one. yeah, and but it looks exactly the same either way. So yeah, feel that soil, smell it. If it smells swampy and soggy, let it give it another week or two before you give it any water, and it will bounce. They're pretty tough plants. Okay, thanks for and your call. And thanks for uh, grabbing onto those bragging rights there, yeah, Barbara. Yeah, well super. done. Yeah, excellent. Okay, uh, golly, 9.30 on nose, and uh, out there in Coburg is June. Mm. Hi, good morning, June. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, what I'm calling about is I received, a, it's called a Zygo cactus. Mm-hmm. Also known as a Christmas cactus. Okay. <laughs> what What procedure do I go through looking after it, like watering it? I have a west window, and okay. that's the only window that I can use. That's fine, though. If, if, keep it in the window. Do you have a window ledge where you can have it right on the ledge or uh, a table no. nearby? No, but I have something there that I could sit it on at yeah. the window. That's good because they do like lots and lots of sun. You'll never give a, a Christmas cactus or a, a zygo cactus too much sun. Uh, do remember to turn it every 180 degrees every week or so, which will help with balanced growth. Okay. Um, feel the soil before you water. Don't water on the calendar. Feel the soil. Now, the soil has to not only feel dry, but 
but it also has to lose some of its sponginess. So you want it to feel dr- like really dry and then still wait a couple of days before okay. you water. Because okay. you cannot kill this plant by underwatering. You can definitely kill this plant by overwatering. Okay. Um, and uh, imagine it was flowering when you were given the plant. Yes, I just received it yesterday. Oh, what color is it? It's pink. Lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there is a bag on my door. <laughs> oh, sweet. Yeah. They, well, and the thing is, that's why it's good that you've got that western window. So keep it in as much sun as you can. And they are fine with cool temperatures. The, okay. the nice thing about near, being near a window is they get the cool air at night coming okay. off the glass. Mm-hmm. And that will help form more flower buds because flowering with the zygocactus is partially light dependent, but it's also definitely partially uh, temperature dependent. All Thank right. Thank you. All right. Good All luck right, with June. that. Yeah, and a Merry Christmas to you, too, mm-hmm. as you uh, zip about your day. Here we are on Zoomer Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. Charlie Dobbin, I'm Frank Proctor, and uh, the phone numbers, you want to reach us here if you're from Toronto, okay, 416-360-0740, or if you're like Rick up there in White River, give a call to 1-866-740-4740, and he indeed is on the line right now. Hi, good morning, Rick. Hello. Hello. Good morning, Rick. How are you? Well, I'm... I had some Jack Daniels in my coffee this morning. <laughs> I think you needed it. I, I see it's minus 23 in White River right you're, now. You're about right. It's, it's been bouncing around 30. Wow. Uh, I see right yeah. there, White River, minus yeah, 23 yeah. and overcast. Right. Listen, uh, uh, my sweetheart gave me a, a poinsettia. Oh, yeah. And it's not, it's kind of a reddish yellow type thing. Wait, hibiscus or poinsettia? Well, I was going to ask you about the hibiscus. Oh, okay. I... Oh, that's all right. We'll talk poinsettia first, and then we'll see if... It... think Frank will allow that? Uh, yes. Maybe. I'm going to pull rank and say yes. <laughs> okay. So all right. Poinsettia. poinsettia is not really... If, if you leave it in the dark yet, will it still turn redder, or how does that work? So is it completely green, or does it have any well, colored... I want more, more flowers, red uh, color on it. Right. Well, um, all right, so is this something that she bought locally or she's done this for you, this coloration? Like it's something that she had when you said a sweetheart. I'm saying, assuming a a she, but I just... uh, I lost you. Well, I'm just wondering if if it's something that was grown in a greenhouse and sent to White River and purchased locally or whether it's something that somebody has done there in the town. Okay. Can you... You know what? I... Once we've taken them out of the light, it's hard to put them back into the dark because you have to start the whole thing all over again. Okay. Because um, it is a very specific. The main thing with the poinsettias is, and particularly where you are, where it's so cold, they do not like the cold at all. They do not like cold drafts. They do not like hot drafts. Even just buying it and taking it from a store into your car and from your car into your home, this, the, that cold is something that they really do not respond well to. So you've got it there now. Uh, keep it away from cold and hot drafts. Keep it in a bright, sunny spot. You may see that you'll get a little more coloration on it as time goes on. But bottom line is you can turn it into a nice green plant all summer and then have a nice green bushy plant next September to start the light, dark uh, treatment in order to get it, you know, completely as red as you possibly can. Better can of red 
spray paint? <laughs> and we used to do glitter, I remember, back in the day. Spray glitter on the poinsettias. It always yeah, or yeah. snow, whatever. Just They do dyes. Eh? They do all kinds of crazy blue poinsettias and stuff with, with right. colored paints, natural paints. But, uh, yeah, very designer. And Judy, take cuttings for hibiscus, springtime or no? Spring is the best time. When it's actively growing, June, July, May, June, July, mm-hmm. is the best. You'll get your roots the fastest. You can take cuttings from a hibiscus anytime, but if you take cuttings now, you're likely to wait two or three months to get roots, whereas you take cuttings in June, you'll wait two or three weeks. Well, I had luck with one. I did a bunch last year, and I got one that made it. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. Yeah, and some root better than others. Like the red flowering hibiscus always tend to be more vigorous than any of the other ones. So the yellows, I have one that my mom actually, I think she stole it from Mel Lastman's house or something (laughs) because she loved it so much. She took a little cutting, stuck in her pocket. Um, But it's beautiful. It's like this double peach. It's really Mm -hmm. like, like, Mm -hmm. it's really quite marmalade color, but it is so hard to root. It is just the not a vigorous plant. It's uh, you really have to coddle it to get it to go. But yeah, it's great. It's a beautiful, very unusual one. Hey, it's great if you could keep uh, keep in touch, okay. Rick. Yeah, yeah stay warm. A merry, uh, merry season. Yes, merry you and bet. to you. Happy Bye-bye. holidays. Thank you very much. Okay, Alrighty. take care, my friend. All right, nine thirty-eight. No, pardon me, nine thirty-seven. And uh, uh, just a quick note about my amaryllis. Oh, and is it okay. Caroline? Uh, Caroline from, DeVries. Yeah, bulbs are us. Flower bulbs are uh, flower us bulbs are us dot com. com. Anyway, you arranged that she gave me a wonderful uh, amaryllis, mm-hmm. and I'm telling you, uh, we surely had it in the sink um, day before yesterday, just to give it a thorough watering mm-hmm. and then let let it drain. Good. The darn thing is, I would say <laughs> two and a half feet wow. tall, and and I've got one flower that's starting to unfurl, uh-huh. and there's another. Uh, and I was going to ask you, yeah. is that a leaf or? And you said, no, no, that's another flower coming mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. So it's doing beautifully. You're growing one called Susan. Yeah, Susan is considered a nice bright pink. Uh-huh. But notice uh, size thirty four. Uh, oh, sorry, that's the size of the bulb. Okay. Height forty centimeters. Wow. Yeah, that's why it's so tall. Yeah, well, some of them get even taller, and then taller there's miniatures, <laughs> <laughs> and that's not saying much, but you know. <laughs> the thing about the bulbs, and the, you know, we're we're testing this, of yeah. course, too. Um, you know, Caroline does uh, both wholesale bulbs, but her retail site is Flower Bulbs R Us R as in Toys yeah, R Us dot com. Super high quality bulbs, so big, fat, juicy bulbs. So you're guaranteed a minimum mm-hmm. of two flower stems, and in some cases, you'll get more than two from that bulb the first year. So yeah, I mean, I, I think I told you, like all my November birthday family members all got amaryllis, <laughs> and uh, and yes, it, you told me you're feeling quite uh, warm well, about this whole thing. Yeah, I feel the, a certain sense of uh, accomplishment. Yeah, yeah. pride. Yeah, that you've done this. You've, exactly. Exactly. Took this, like, looks like a potato sort of home. <laughs> and and have grown i got to be it. honest with you. I almost killed it because <laughs> Shirley went away to Florida. How can you kill and, an amaryllis? Well, don't water it. No, that won't kill and, it. And, well, it didn't because uh, when she got back, she said, how is our... And I was like, <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> Never watered it. <laughs> yeah, and so she watered it and bing, but, went like crazy. But you see, the, again, yeah. you'll you'll rarely kill a plant from underwatering. Yeah. It's the overwatering, yeah. <laughs> particularly in the case of a bulb. I can tell you I was mightily relieved. Yes, yeah. well... You do not want to put a bulb into yeah. soggy soil because yeah. it will rot. Yeah. Okay. OK, we're coming up 939, our next break. And uh, we're going to be talking in just a moment to another first-time caller. Lori. Uh, from Fort Erie. Mm-hmm. So, Lori, hang tight. 
Charlie and Frank will be coming back here on The Garden Show in moments. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And uh, let's see if Lori's going to listen up here from Fort Erie. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Welcome to the show, first-time caller. Thank you very much. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Um, yes, we've just newly moved to Fort Erie. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're in a new-built home. And the the landscaping wasn't finished mm-hmm. before winter. Right. I had bought some miniature roses I was hoping to plant in the garden mm-hmm. uh, before winter hit. Yep. And um, I wasn't able to. They're in pots right now, and I'm trying to keep them alive. Mm-hmm. They were on my back patio until all this cold weather hit, mm-hmm. and uh, and I moved them into the garage, so um, mm-hmm. I didn't want to freeze the roots or, right. or yeah. hurt them in any way. Mm-hmm. And I was just wondering if that is the best way to keep them alive till next spring. Okay, so that's a good point. I mean, you, you're absolutely right. Leaving them on the patio would have probably spelled disaster for them just because the it's so much colder above ground than under the ground and once the roots get frozen then the the little plants will die um one of the things sometimes we do when the landscape isn't finished yet and we're still you know diddling about and we're going to finish it the following season is we'll take the potted plant and then just bury it somewhere in the ground doesn't really matter where because we're going to pull it back up in the spring and put it in its final location once the gardens are are all organized uh-huh. so now it probably you could check is there any possibility that you could dig a hole somewhere out in your garden somewhere preferably in a fairly sheltered spot Northwest wind being the prevailing wind is the cold uh, direction that you don't want to place a, a miniature rose if you can avoid it. You'd prefer to put it on the east side of the house. Um, okay. If the ground isn't frozen, that's what I would try and do. And put, that way you don't need to worry about it. Just bury the pots, get them under the ground, throw some snow on top, walk away, you know, put some stakes in the ground or mark it somehow so you remember where they are. And then in the spring, dig them up and start all over again. Otherwise, holding them in the garage, it kind of just depends on whether your garage is insulated or not, what kind of winter we have. Because I have had it be so cold that my garage, things die. I'm actually testing this year. I've got a big pot full of gladiolas. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to see if I can wrap them in multi-layers of felt blankets uh, in my garage, which is partially insulated, but certainly not heated, and uh, see if they survive the winter or not. If it gets too cold and the pot freezes solid, then the glads will just turn to mush. Uh, okay. So that's oh, the, the thing. The thing would be for the roses then that if they... It could get there, too cold. It, yeah, it's the yeah. same thing as being outside. Yeah. Yeah, so okay. that is just, we never know. We never know what kind of winter we're going to have. Now, you're in a fairly warm area there in Fort Erie, so, you know, it may... It, it, and maybe you've got access to, uh, you know, a bale of straw, something like that. Because the, the way we, the, the way plants die is because of the extreme temperatures, mm-hmm. extreme warm, extreme cold. So a little insulation for them. That's right. And yeah. insulation comes in the form of air pockets. And that's okay. where straw comes in handy because straw is, you know, hollow uh, through the, the actual, you know, fibers. So oh, you've got right. lots of air trapped in straw. And that's why straw is such a great insulator. Oh, Even okay. snow, of course, has air pockets trapped between the flakes and so does soil has you know air between the particles so that 
that's what is so magical about snow or soil or straw is that it provides, or even leaves, if you have access to dried leaves, something that will just insulate mm-hmm. the, the plant, protect it from the extreme weather, extreme so temperatures. To actually plant them again if I can outside, and if not, then like to insulate them. Yeah, inside. exactly. Leave them in the garage and then just do whatever you can to wrap them in blankets or whatever. To you know, And again, it's going to really depend on how cold it gets and how well insulated your garage is and that sort of thing. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, good luck on that. Uh, yeah. Keep, keep in touch. Let us. Yeah, let us know. Absolutely. Report back next spring. Okay. I know because unfinished landscapes are always yeah. a challenge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Because you want it. Like I can tell. Right. Like Lori said, brand new home. Brand, yeah. You know. Just, you want it finished. She, well, she, well yeah. she has. She was out at the store and she saw these roses and she went, <laughs> "Oh, I would love to have those roses <laughs> in my house." So she impulsively bought them, yeah. knowing full well that she couldn't plant them yet. And then there it is. You know, December. What? Seventeenth, yeah. and she's going. Damn, I didn't get him in the ground. So. Okay, just before we go to our next caller here, uh, let me just repeat those phone numbers, mm-hmm. and we have a couple of lines open: four one six three six zero zero seven forty, and anywhere else in the province, toll free to the Garden Show one eight six six seven forty. Four seven forty. Okay, let me introduce Colette from Stouffville to Charlie. Good morning, Colette. Good morning. Good morning. And thank you so much for all your advice and suggestions over Mm -hmm. all the seasons. But I actually have a a summer question now that I really need help with. Okay. I have had such trouble with my daylilies this past summer. Hmm. They seem to, I've looked up in the internet and uh, found a little bit of information. But what happens is the blooms do not, they get lovely Buds. Things that are going to look like blooms, but they never open. Oh. And and I can tell when I look at them, something's wrong. So when I open them, it's all mushy and slimy inside, but it doesn't affect all the blooms. Maybe three or four on the plant, hmm. but it seems it affects all the plants, but not it doesn't completely devastate them. Um, from what I've looked up, it's called gall midge. Oh. Uh, very limited information. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just wondering from you, what do you think? Do I need uh, do I need to um, discard all those plants? Do I need to move them? Well, um, I understand that it's a little worm that lives inside. Now, will that worm fall to the soil and um, make it through till the next season, or? Uh, do you have any suggestions for me? Wow. No, this is really, really good. Um, and I think you're absolutely right. That's exactly what you've got going on because I've just quickly Googled it and I'm at the American Horticultural Society Daylily Dictionary. So, uh, Hemerocallus gall midge. And based on these photos, that looks like what you've got going on there. And yes, it's a little yep. ugly little larva that is going to feed inside the bud causing the bud, uh, some normal buds, of course, but other affected buds that will not properly open. And the question is, what is the life cycle of this midge? So I don't know. I'm going to have this. There's a little bit of reading to do here, and I will report back. I think I should have time um, in the next break. So if you want to keep listening, oh, I, uh, will for sure. I will okay. see what I can do to help you with that, because that's I've never had that happen. Thanks mm-hmm. so much. All right. Thanks okay. so much for your call. Thanks, Colette. Um, we're going to be taking a call from Josephine in Pickering in just moments. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize.
size. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, here at 952, saying good morning to Josephine in Pickering. Hi, Josephine. Hi, Frank. Hi, Charlie. How are you today? Great. How are you? I'm multitasking today. Nice. I'm listening are... to you, watching Jane Eyre's, and getting dressed ready to go out and shovel the snow. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Only women do these things so well. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Charlie, and what I'm calling about, remember I called you about mm-hmm. the mandevillas that I got from my daughter? Yes. Well, they are facing south. Mm-hmm. They are driving me crazy. I have a forest in the living room. <laughs> Get now, out your chainsaw. The are growing. No, I've cut them off, and they keep growing and doubling. <laughs> what do I do? You're going to have to cut back a little harder than that. And yeah, cut back the, a little bit harder. Yeah, they're just sending out those long shoots. Um, Yes, it's a bit of a challenge. They uh, they would probably like to do some flowering for you, but, you know, it's hard indoors. They just have a tendency to take over. So cut back a little harder. Uh, and cut even, you've got them lots of sun, that's great. Remember, don't keep them wet all the time. Feel no, that no, soil. No, you told me yeah. about every two to three weeks, preferably exactly. three weeks. Exactly. That's what I've been doing. Okay, perfect. So, yeah, and the, the long trailers that they're shooting out, you're just going to have to cut back to the main stem. Like, just remove, don't, don't be so afraid. Don't do little tip. the main stem. Yeah, just take a... If it's four feet long, take off four feet. You're just going to have to, you know, you're the boss. you got to take control. Well, I hope I'm the boss. So far, <laughs> I think it's the boss. I know. Plants will often take advantage of that. <laughs> okay, then. Oh, good. We'll, well I'm glad. We'll be talking to you. Take care. Yes, and you too. It's always nice when a plant is taking over. Exactly. <laughs> All okay. right, Jesse. We're going to co- talk to Jesse next. Uh, right. Oh, yeah. In, in Toronto. Sorry, I've Indeed. turned That's away okay. from you. Hello, Jesse. Welcome to the show. Hello. Morning. Hi, Charlie. You're doing a wonderful job there. Thank you. Yes, I do have a question mm-hmm. about uh, Namarillis. I had planted the bulb last year in November. Mm-hmm. It spent time in the basement. Mm-hmm. Then I took it out in the spring and uh, I put it in the south window mm-hmm. in, in the family room. In the spring, yeah. And it produced nine healthy leaves. Yep. But it does not produce any bloom. What do I do to get a bloom? All right. So sometimes people make it sound really easy to get amaryllis to rebloom. But technically, it should be fairly easy. There's sort of two ways to do it. So right now, is it growing with green leaves in your house? Yeah. Okay. So you have two options. One is you just let it be a green... Well, for now, it's got to be a green plant. You're going to let it be a green plant. Yeah, big, very big, long yep. leaves. Yep, and it's, you're going to have to let that, that just be a green, long, strap-shaped leaves from now right through until August. So you can put it outside in June, but in the meantime, it's got to be inside and it's going to have these big green leaves. And what what's happening is those green leaves are absorbing sunlight and converting that to carbohydrate, which is going to make the bulb big and fat and juicy for next winter for flowers. So you've just got to let it be a green plant till next August. Then you stop watering. And it's outside or inside, doesn't really matter. Stop watering, let it dry down. Leaves will turn brown and yellow eventually. Just cut them off when they're brown and yellow. Let it sit for eight to ten weeks. Then pull it out, water once, 
and put it in the sun. Sometimes people say, well, wait. It'll tell you when it wants to grow flowers. Like you you don't do the calendar. You just wait. At, at some point, the flower shoot will start to grow up. When it does, then you start to water, give it sunshine, and you're in business again with flowers first, leaves later. Uh, and that is the, that's the, the series that it grows in. It's flowers first and then leaves. And you've got to let those leaves do their thing in order to get flowers the next year. All righty. Thanks. Thanks, Jesse. Good luck with that, Jesse. I know. Yeah. It can be a bit frustrating. Coming around to uh, the last three minutes of the show, gosh. And I'm so glad we can squeak one more caller in for sure. And that would be a first-time caller, mm-hmm. Dorothy, from the Buffalo area. Hello, and welcome to the show. Hello, Charlie. Good morning. Uh, I am a little disappointed in my Christmas cactus. Why is that? Because usually at this time of the year, it's full of buds. Mm-hmm. And it's not doing much for me. I notice that some of the leaves are dropping off, and there's a little bit of dryness around the leaves. Now, I don't have any windows other than uh, I live in a, a small apartment. Uh-huh. And I just have a large front door and then two side windows and oh, yeah. i've kept it there good yeah it does get some sun and, and quite a bit of light when we have sun yeah and, and it gets uh, the cool temperatures when the door is being yeah, open and closed yeah but i i don't know now this last while i've been giving it a little food mm. maybe i'm watering it too much i, you I might have be to water it once a week and mm. maybe that's much. It might be because if the light levels are that low, I would be very, very careful about watering on the calendar. I would only water based on the feel of the soil. And we were talking earlier with um, June and Coburg, and I was just saying, you know, not only do you want the soil to feel dry to your fingertips, but then you want to wait another three or four or five days after that before you water. So err on the side of underwatering rather than overwatering. That's, that's what I would say at this point. And, it, you know, it, you've got it in the brightest spot. Or alternatively, you could get a little, uh, just a grow light, like a light bulb grow light, you know, and stick it into a, a little uh, light fixture of whatever kind, you know, kind of the, um, what do they call the gooseneck kind of a desk light or whatever and and you know you could sit it in that kind of situation as well and just you would give it the the grow light bulb for at least you know 12 13 hours a day and i think you would find that that would help as well but be don't you know don't water on the calendar (laughs) water on the feel of the soil okay thanks dorothy let us know how that works out all righty yeah uh okay so we got mere seconds left here well we got a minute uh I just wanted, I don't know if I really, you know what, I'm going to have to report back to um, Colette because not much we can do about those gall midges right now anyway. Mm -hmm. That was a summer question. But yes, I have learned some information and I'm happy to share for everybody who wants to learn more about that. That's coming up next week. Then. Next week. Okay. Yep. And that, next week will be Christmas Eve Day. That's a good point. So you know. I hope everybody's thinking about that. We're going to do some and sing-alongs. The, and the presents that you want to get to us, <laughs> you know, right. by yeah. all. <laughs> I know. You know. Canada Post is very overwhelmed. <laughs> oh. So you're going to have to contact Santa Claus. I hear poor Canada Post is delivering over a million packages a day and, right and now. And if you, if you package bottles of wine and liquor uh, <laughs> properly, they'll arrive here okay. That's true. You know, you know. Uh, <laughs> I want to wish an early happy Happy Hanukkah to my family because we are off to do our latkes tonight. We're doing an Hanukkah starts next week, but we're doing our big dinner tonight. So uh, just, yeah, it's latka night at my house and it'll be turkey night next week. Okay. You cover them all. (laughs) Uh, We like to eat at our place. (laughs) Kwanzaa, you'll get involved with that too. (laughs) I'll try. (laughs) Thanks so much, folks, for calling in today. Thanks, Frank. Thanks, Sebastian. Thanks, everyone. See you next week.
This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.